Thank you, Paul. And good afternoon to all of you. Great sunny day today. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Ephesians once again, to Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, we're going to read that passage we've been reading for the last number of weeks, but we're going to talk about um, a, a verse that's a little bit ahead of us, but it'll tie together, I hope, very nicely. Ephesians chapter 6, we'll begin reading at verse 10. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, so your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that... Utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And may God add a special blessing to read him his word. And let us just pause for prayer prior to our study this afternoon. Father God, we come into your presence again, thanking you for all that you do for us. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, particularly. We thank you that sin was conquered once and for all as He being nailed to a cross as he finished by saying, it is finished. And literally from that moment on, the power of sin has been broken. But it was proved to be broken when, after being buried for three days, that he rose again. Hard for us to imagine the power that was there that continued to be in force and continues to be in force today, even within us. We thank you, Father, for that lifeline that we have to the power of yourself. Father, these moments we want to commit to you. We want to give you all of us as you encourage, uplift, fulfill us with all that you want us to be. Father, we'll ask that the Holy Spirit would completely and exclusively teach us this day. We look together with anticipation for what you'll do as we study and learn from you in these moments. Thank you for what you'll accomplish, for you alone are worthy of our glory. Of, our, of all of our praise and all of our worship. We thank you in advance for what you'll do this day. In Christ's name, amen. We've been studying the putting on the armor of God, and there's been a number of, we've been working through it, we found that we put on the belt of truth, we put on the breastplate of righteousness, we had our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And we found that those three things, quite honestly, once you put them on, you never take them off. They're on for good. In fact, we looked at it last week, having, having, all three of those things are, are mentioned for us, having those on. Don't ever take them off. And then last week, we looked at the last, one of the last three, and that is the shield of faith. And it says to take that up in verse 16. And when things are tough, 
When things are really rough and you've got on the breastplate of righteousness, you have on the belt of truth, holding all things together, and you have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know where you stand. You're firmly in, 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 uh, ingrained within the, the truth of God, but you also have on the breastplate of right, you're enabling, putting into practice everything that God positionally has given to us. But then when it's tough, you pick up the shield of faith because you want to have to ward off all of those fiery darts of doubt. All of those things that Satan flies off from a quarter mile away from running right up close to you, those things there are the ones you have to have the shield of faith for. Now the next one in our sequence actually you will find in, um, in verse 17, that's what I was going to do today was putting on the helmet. It says to take it again. Uh, we'll be talking about that next week, the Lord willing. But I want to jump ahead a little bit. Because so far, if you take the book of Ephesians, you'll find that we started, if, and, and we didn't start in the whole book of Ephesians, but we're at the end of it. We're in Ephesians chapter 6, and the very beginning, and, and maybe we'll look at a few verses as we, tra- as we chase through this, but turn back, take your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 1, and let's look at verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. This is where, literally, Paul takes the church at Ephesus. He starts them in about as high a place as you could possibly imagine. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I mean, that's about as high and as far out as you can possibly imagine being. (laughs) That's putting you in the place of literally our Father and in the place of heaven. And I know I could basically take the rest of our time and so i'm I'm going to go very through very quickly but he mentions all of these things and just hang on hold tighten your seatbelt because you'll have to have a five point on but we're going to get going there i'm going to just roll through this and i I think it'll lead us right to where literally paul is ending in chapter six he says basically in verse three you're super blessed verses four through six you're super loved verse seven you're forgiven and redeemed verse eight you've been given wisdom verse 11 you've been made rich Verse 13, you've been secure and sealed with the Holy Spirit. Chapter 2, verses 4 through 6, you're alive with new life. Verse 7, you have become an object of eternal grace. Verse 10 of chapter 2, you literally are God's masterpiece. Verses 13 through 18 of chapter 2, you are united with God and every other Christian. Verse 19, you're a member of God's family. Verse 22, you were the habitation of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 3, verse 20, you are powerful beyond your imagination. Chapter 4, verse 3, you are possessed by the living Spirit of God. Verses 4 through 13, you receive gifts. Are you guys wore out yet? No. It goes on, it goes all the way to chapter 6, and it's like, oh my goodness, I can't imagine I would have that much stuff. Right? That was too loud. But anyway, you got a lot of stuff. If you're a Jesus, you got more stuff than you even know how to use. Right? You're not using all this stuff, are you? And that, that's the point. You know what? All of that is available to you. And then we get into the passage we just read. And literally, at the end of this, we know there's a battle because he said there is. Jesus was embroiled in a battle even the very night that he was, that he was betrayed. They came after him. They took his life, but he gave it. I want to be very careful. He did not die a martyr. He gave his life for us. And in doing that, he released all of the power that I've just... It's just part of it. That's just part of the deal. And then he gave you armor, all that you need, to put it on 
to protect yourself against everything that's out there that Satan is going to bring against you. And it's adequate. And you say, whoa. And you know what? Sometimes, listen carefully now, sometimes we almost become overconfident in what we have. I'm stopping for a reason. When you sometimes contemplate all of the things that you've been given, we actually can come become complacent and almost over... No, that's not the right word. Underzealous. Because we take for granted the things that God bought for us through Jesus Christ. But you know how he ends this whole chapter, or this, this whole Ephesians? He ends up with you on your knees because that's the perfect place to be to get all of those resources and all of that energy and all of that power and all of those blessings and all of those positions and all of everything that God intends you to because that's your energy line to it in verse 18 of chapter 6 he says let's go there again that's where we're going to spend the bulk of our time today is in Ephesians chapter 6 and let's look at verse 18 Ephesians 6, verse 18. And I, I understand you have to bear with me. There's a couple other pieces of, of armor we're going to put on, but we're going to jump ahead because it's the right thing to do. It says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. That verse is amazing. That verse is so powerful because literally all of those things that God has given you, your energy line, your communion line, everything that makes those available comes through prayer. It comes through prayer. Now you think about prayer, and if I was going to ask, how many of you prayed enough this last week? And anyone who understood the question would not raise their hand, because you know there's another level. I could pray more, I know I could, but I didn't. But I didn't. I'm, I'm right there with you. But praying, have you ever, just as, as you would hold, is it easier to breathe or to hold your breath? No, go ahead and try it. I'm, I, think, I think I'm right. It's, it's harder to hold your breath than it is to breathe, right? It's just whoever set up the atmosphere literally is working on us, so it's easy to breathe. It's harder not to breathe. You know what that, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, when you've given him everything that you are to gain everything you couldn't get, it's easier for you to pray than not to pray. Just like breathing. And if we're not doing that, it's only because we're not allowing it to happen. Praying is literally just breathing. Just enjoying the communion, that fellowship that is yours in Christ Jesus. And when we're praying, we're connected And I mean connected. Think of the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve are there, and they're in the cool of the day. This was prior to them sinning. They're literally walking in the garden with God. How did you get that? No, you didn't, because you weren't there. Neither was I. That is what you're doing when you're praying. Because fellowship, communion, and praying are all the same. They are joining together with all that God wants you to be. You are connected to the energy that God wants you to have the power to be everything that he's given to you. All of these aspects of armor that we've talked about, there's not one single one of them that does not have to be powered up 
with prayer. Not one. If you're not in prayer, those pieces of armor don't come to you automatically. That's how you get there. That's literally how the armor is put on, is through the power of prayer. Why don't we pray more? Why don't we pray more? You're saying, well, you're going to tell us. Maybe I'm not going to. I'm going to make you think about it for a while. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Luke chapter 18 for a moment, and I think this is interesting, that Jesus Christ himself basically said there are two options. As he unfolded it for those that were listening to him on that day, Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, he's talking about prayer. It says in verse 18, I'm sorry, chapter 18, verse 1, he spoke a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. There's two options. You either pray or you fall apart. (laughs) I think that's pretty true for all of us. I remember my mother, and she is. We're doing this on prayer because she was a prayer warrior. There's a lot of things we can say about my mom and a mom and a grandmom and all all of those normal things that come. But there's probably not a person in this room that my mother did not pray for. She was a prayer warrior. She knew the power of prayer, and she lived it. There were those times, though, she would call, say, Larry, I'm just, I I don't know, I'm just fearful today. That came the last time I remember was in February. In February, she said, I don't know what to do. I said, well, I'll tell you what you should do. Why don't you go ahead and those things that are in your mind, just take a notebook and, and write them down. Just And one at a time, just write them down. And then I want you to see if God is strong enough and powerful enough to take that fear out of your life. And she did. And she called me back and she says, that really worked. I said, yes. And you know what you did about it is you prayed about it, didn't you? Yes. That's the ticket. That's the key. That's how you put the armor. That's how you have the spiritual blessings in heaven. All of those things come how? Through the power of prayer. Now, what I want to, I, this was going to be a lot later in the, in the message today, but it, i got to start it. We'll probably need to say it several times. Uh, we will miss a fantastic prayer warrior on this world, in this world. And you know some others, obviously. My mom was one of them. But you know what? She needs to be replaced. She needs to be replaced. And she trained a lot of you including myself, I knew the power of prayer because I watched her involved in it. I saw what it meant to her. I saw how she was connected. And when we had this huge, gigantic problem, she said, we need to pray about that. And we did. And you know what? God took care of it. Now, it may not have been the way we thought because that's another thing about prayer. It's not getting what we want. It's literally ourselves aligning with what God wants on earth. That's prayer. That's aligning with God's will. That's getting on the side of Jesus' positioning of getting us set up in the right place. When you pray more, you end up in the right places more. (laughs) You know, the seven years that mom spent in the nursing home. She was in exactly the right place. There are men and women that are saved in heaven today because she was in the place that God wanted her to be. That's exciting. And how did that happen? Through the power of prayer. And the more she wasn't sure, the more she prayed. You know, and it's for you too. 
today you may go home or tomorrow or whatever, and the last thing on your mind is praying. I don't feel like praying. That's the perfect time to make yourself pray. Because that's when we need it the most, is we think we don't want to do it the most. Is that not true? It's absolutely true. Absolutely true. So let's look at uh, verse 18. I don't, that was totally not in my notes, but wherever that went, it went. Ephesians chapter 6. Let's look at verse 18, and there are four occasions that the word all is used. All. Those we'll take a, a quick look at. We want to look at those things. What is Paul getting at? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, Praying always, there's the first one, with all prayer and supplication, that's the second one, in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance, number three, and supplication for all saints. There's a whole lot of all going on. And that isn't just from y'all from the South. Let's look at the first one. Praying always. Now, obviously, if I was going to ask you, how many of you have been effectively praying always? Let's just say yesterday. How about today so far? And you're, you know, you're just smiling at me, aren't you? You say, well, Larry, that's, it, that's, it's really not even possible. Well, if we take it that way, no, it's not. But let's talk about it the way it is. So let's talk about the frequency of prayer. And it does say just that very thing. Pray at all times. Take your Bibles. Let's start cruising through uh, the Bible for a moment. Luke chapter 21 for a moment. Luke chapter 21, verse 36. I want you to see that this is not just one time stated, but Paul is literally reiterating things that have been previously stated about prayer. Luke chapter 21 and verse 36. This is Jesus' own words, and he says in verse 36, Watch, therefore, and pray always. Hmm. Pray always. That's interesting. Go to Acts chapter 6. Your fingers are going to get warmed up. Acts chapter 6. And verse 4, Acts 6, 4. Acts 6, 4. But we will give ourselves, are you all there? I hear pages rustling yet. We will give ourselves continually to prayer. Hmm, continually to prayer. Acts chapter 10, just turn over. As you can tell, I'm just going through these verses looking for a common theme. Acts chapter 10, verse 2. A devout man and one that feared God. This is speaking of Cornelius. With all his house, which gave much alms to the people, and prayed to God always. Hmm. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Romans 12, 12. Are you starting to see a message here? Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoicing in hope, patience in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. In other words, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Colossians chapter 4, and you're saying, Larry, how many more of these are there? I'll tell you when we're finished. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, but it's not as many as you think. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, it says, continue in prayer. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. I was out of sequence there. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. I think he's trying to say something. One more, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This is one that if anyone is here and says, I, you know, I just cannot memorize the Bible. I, I just, it's just too over the top. It's, it's too hard. The verses are too long. Okay, I'm going to tell you, this is one I want you to take this week, and I want you to remember, because you can do it. Promise. Chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians verse 17 says this, Pray without ceasing. 
You guys think you can handle it? I'm going to come back. I want you to come back next week, and I want you to rehearse that for me. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Now, you say, still, Larry, that hasn't made it any easier. We really don't probably understand. How can we do that? How can we pray at all times? How can we do it without ceasing? Well, we're not talking about formulas. We're not talking about books of prayers. We're not talking about... We're literally talking about a life pattern, a lifestyle that literally can't get away from God. You are so close to God that He literally filters your life. You ever thought about it that way? I want to be so close to God that literally I'm looking through His lens. I'm looking through Him to filter everything else that's out there. And you know what happens to you? You grow amazing in that fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, meekness, faith against such. All of those things start to well and come out of you because literally you've been so close to God, you can't help but have fruit coming out of your life. That all comes through prayer. Communion, fellowship, all of those things that literally, it's a consciousness of God's presence at all times. It leaves your heart open to Him. Being so close, so close that you wouldn't imagine wanting to get away. If you will, remember that song from many years ago? I don't even know who sung it. It was a country guy. He said, uh, the rose-colored glasses. Who was it? John Connolly or somebody? Nobody needs to admit that. That's way back yonder. Does anybody actually, truthfully, rose-colored glasses? Yes, a few of you remember. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, you know what? I, don't, I want you to not think about rose-colored glasses. I want to talk about God glasses. When you're praying, you're putting on God's glasses. You're seeing God for who He is. You're connected and you see everything else through God's glasses and it clears things up. Have you noticed America can't see clearly anymore? They don't look through God's glasses. They're not interested in God's words. And you know what? It all of a sudden looks like it's a complete... I don't know what I don't know what's right. That's exactly what happens. Prayer gets the truth finder exactly in the object where it needs to be. God's glasses. Put on God's glasses. How do you do that by praying? By getting close to God. Now you say, well, how do you get started? One minute at a time. <laughs> when you think about excuse me? That's right, one prayer at a time. In fact, we've been studying about putting on the armor of God. Second Corinthians chapter ten verses. I think it's 3 and 4. It talks about literally the key to spiritual victory. You know what it is? Is to really capture and garner one thought at a time. And you all heard, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You know, sometimes the world is so overwhelming. It's just such a monstrous thing out there. Just slow down. Start praying. Start praying. All of the things, I'm going, to list, I'm, going to, I'm going to name a list of things. Again, this was a little later in my deal. But um, these, let's see if any of you struggle with some of these. Fear, discouragement, loneliness, worry, guilt, tempta- how are we doing? <laughs> Temptation, anger, resentment, doubt, failure. Are those on anybody's list? Of course they are. <laughs> of course they are. But you know what? This is, this is, this is so key. This is so cool. The only way anyone... By the way, do you think God has enough power to conquer any one of those that I mentioned and more? You might have a list somewhere at home. You've written them all out and you say, whoa. Do you think God is not powerful enough to take every single one of those out of your life? Of course not. You say, no, he raised Jesus from the dead. That same power lives within you if you've trusted Christ. If you haven't trusted Christ, trust him. You have no one else to trust that can get you through it. 
I, I'm serious. If, if you get nothing else from this, go home and trust Jesus. I'd rather you trust him right now, right here, right now, this very second. But if you've got to think about it, don't put it off. Get it done. Is God strong enough? Of course he is. But do you know the connection between his power and getting rid of those things that I just named? Prayer. It's prayer. When you're literally at your weakest, that's oftentimes when we come to pray to God. Do you know what? It really is, isn't it? you got this monstrous problem. And i got to pray about that. Why don't we pray about everything? We become stronger when we pray. All of those things, literally, I'm not going to say they're going to evaporate. But every time you talk to God about them, you know what you've done? You've looked it through God's glasses. And that problem becomes smaller. It becomes more diminutive. It becomes more not as important. It's not something you focus on. And pretty soon, the more you focus on God, the less you focus on this other stuff. And the stuff no longer owns you. Isn't it it true? The stuff that owns you, you spend a lot of time with. Wow. Praying all the time. David said, I've set the Lord always before me. I think that's very well put. And when you start doing that, everything you see, if it's really good stuff, you know what you're going to do? You're going to be thankful for God for it. I'm thankful for my mother that she lived that life. I can thank him for working in her life. I can thank God for all of you. Because you bring a special dimension to this life today because God didn't bring you 100 years too early or 100 years too late. You're on board on this earth exactly, exactly the right moment. You're here today because God wants you here today. And he's got a whole lot of stuff he wants to get done, and you're part of it when you pray to him. See it? That's the kind of, It's like, remember those old uh, those telephones? And if you, left the, if, you, if you left it off the hook, I want you to leave your phone off the hook with God. I don't want anybody to ever be able to bunch in on you. You can pick that up and you're there all the time. That's what prayer should look like, 24-7. 24-7. Well, there's a second thing that he talks about all, and that's the kind of prayer. Let's go back to our, to our passage in Ephesians chapter 6. And it says, praying always. And then it says, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. What does that mean? All kinds of prayer and supplication. Um, That could be public. That could be private. That could be verbal. That could be silent, loud, soft, planned, spontaneous, thankful, confessing, with praise, standing, kneeling, lying down, lifting up hands. Do you see what I'm saying? It could be a whole lot of things. Now, for instance, and you say, well... Is that re- yeah, that's really what it's saying. What if you were Peter on the day that he steps out of the boat and he says, well, actually he said, what did he say? He's got his eyes on Jesus, right? Things are good. It's amazing how, how strong and how powerful you are when your eyes are focused on Jesus Christ. It's amazing. You can get through stuff you wouldn't possibly imagine being able to do. Where did Peter go wrong? He steps out of the boat. Now, when's the last time that he walked on water? That's exactly right. If he would have thought about it, if he would have studied it, if he would have asked friends about it, if he would have done a survey about it, you know what he wouldn't have ever done? Stepped out of the boat. There's things that God has called you to do, and you may have listened through prayer. You are doing things that you would have never thought imaginable. You know when you, got, when you, lose, when you lose it? Is when you take your eyes off of Jesus. It says Peter looked, he, he looked at the water and the, and the wind, and what happened? He began to sink. 
Now, this would have been an important time for him to pull out his prayer book, which he had in his back pocket. Let's see, prayers for sinking in the water. I don't have one of those. This is going to be a problem. O thou God of the heavens, please savest thou me from the... No. What did he say? Lord, save me. That's a great prayer. It worked. It worked. And then what did Jesus say? Oh, you have little faith. Right? How many times would we have to say the same? And you know what happens? wasn't that our faith diminished. We took our eyes off of Jesus. Do you know how you take your eyes off of Jesus? You stop praying. You stop living a life that literally gets you connected to him and his energy. Isn't that cool? Now, there are other times that you can, like Daniel, for instance. Oh, what a man of prayer. What a God, that's how we got here was really Daniel's prayer life. And Daniel chapter 9, verses 1 through 9 is amazing. And a man that is so dedicated, so focused on, te- we're going to talk about him in a minute, persevering with prayer. Because it's, sometimes prayers work. See, my mom knew about that. She had those prayer journals, and, and, and she wanted to make sure that she prayed for that person or that situation every single day, and sometimes several times a day, if she felt led. Sometimes in the middle of the night. If, do you wake up in the middle of the night, and you don't know what to do with yourself? Pray! Look at a notebook. Can you write? Do you have a pencil? Do you have a... Uh, right? You think you're awake for a reason? I found that that's the best time my my middle of the nights that I can't sleep... I actually go through this list of people in this room. Now, some of you I've seen for a long time, so I've lost track. But, but you're in there again. See, there's a visual. And in the middle of the night, I'm saying, I just, I just go down the road and I start praying for you. You know where I got that from? My mom. And you know what? She would, her greatest desire is that you would be just like that. Because she was just like Jesus. You know what Jesus did in most of his time? He prayed all night. And oftentimes, he would get up early in the morning and pray. This is Jesus, God. If he thought it was important to pray to the Father, stay, stay connected, do you think it's important for us? You better believe it. You better believe it. Praying in all kinds of prayer and supplication. We're going to have to keep moving here. Uh, Let's look at a couple of uh, verses in regards to that. Uh, Psalm chapter 55, verse 17. Psalm 55. Now, some of you may find mornings to be more desirable. Some of you, afternoons, evenings. Uh, We've already spoke, middle of the night. But look at the psalmist here in Psalm chapter 55, verse 17. 55, 17. Verse 16, we'll start there. As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Ah, I love that, right? And then he goes into verse 17, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. That's an all dayer. You want to know when to pray? All day long. All day long. Let's go back to our text, Ephesians chapter 6. It says to pray always with all kinds of prayer and supplication. And then it says to watch, watch with all perseverance. What do you mean watching at all times? There's things that you can see when you're praying that are of utmost importance. And it's not like, now I remember as a, as a, as a young boy, uh, I knew the importance of praying. And I, you know, it would, my prayers would go sometimes like this. And Lord God, bless all the missionaries all around the world. Amen. It's pretty hard to see how that's working out. That's not very specific, is it? God loves specifics. That's one of the things I know some people in my life that they, they, Larry, could you tell me specifically what I should pray for in your life? And you know, it makes me think, and it 
and they're, they're ready to open their lives. They're, they're ready to get involved. Specificity is very, very important because it shows that we're interested, we're watching, we're alert to that person's needs. Oh, I forgot one. Actually, uh, there's a man by the name of Darren Cedarberg. None of you probably know him. He's a cattle bro. He, he works for Ramsey. And he texted me yesterday, and he's in the hospital in Bozeman with COVID-19, and he has a compromised lung. But he reached out to me, and just in doing that, I quickly texted him back and said, Darren, we'll be praying for you. And I meant it. I've been doing that. I would ask that you guys would do the same. Isn't that cool how prayer works? That one just came to mind. Specificity. Pray for him. Pray for the situation. Pray for it unfolding. Now, you say, well, wait a minute. I'm not sure I really know what to pray for. There are those situations. But when you're praying that God would deal with exactly what it is that that person needs... That is praying and watching in all places. Being specific. Have an intensive commitment. What are you consumed with? Let me, let me ask. That's a good question. Is it? What are we consumed with? Well, let's ask. I'm going to ask. I'm going to go one step deeper. What do you spend most of your time praying about? Oh, oh, that is what I'm concerned about. It's amazing how ourselves show up a lot more than others. Have you noticed that? You don't have to be so honest, right, Larry? You could kind of... Would you teach... You didn't stop me. How did he start it? Our Father. Isn't that interesting? It wasn't my Father. It's our Father. We should be praying for one another. When we pray for another, that's what gives strength to the body of Jesus Christ. It's better if you pray for me and I pray for you than for me to pray for me and you to pray for you. You know what happens? The unity is not there. And pretty soon we don't see it from our Father. See the difference? That's very important. Very important. Let's go to Colossians uh, I may not have that verse. Colossians, let's go there anyway. Something's, something's in my mind. Uh, Colossians chapter 4, let's go there for a moment. Let's, yeah, Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, Always laboring fervently for you, what? In prayers, that you may stand perfect, that is mature and complete in the will of God. Watching, being alert, persevering, praying with a commitment. Those are all things that a prayer warrior is engaged in. The last one we find in Ephesians chapter 6 is, the last all is all saints, all saints. Now, I do want to say this, that literally the saints, that's other Christians, are not the direct object of your prayer. Sometimes we get hung up in, in the health and we get hung up in the physical aspects. You know what? And, and that's okay. I mean, that's, that, those things are right in front of us. But literally, all of those are taken care of because Jesus Christ died. There's no one, if they've trusted Christ, is going to be separated from the love of God, Romans chapter 8, if you're in Christ. There's no sickness, there's no famine, there's no tribulation, there's no persecution, there's no death, there's no life, there's nothing that can separate you. So it's a, it's a short-term thing. But what we should really be praying for, our direct object of prayer should be God. 
so that he receives glory and honor that is deserved of him. And that comes through the blessing of the saints. He works through the saints, giving them power, which what is it attributed back to? To God. You see, the more effective you are as a Christian, the more effective a missionary, the more effective you as a car salesman, the more effective Christian, no matter whatever you're in, you know what happens? God gets the glory. And when he's getting the glory, then you as a Christian indirectly are blessed. And he says to pray for all the saints, all of them, praying for each other. He says to pray in the Spirit. Now, what does that mean? Did you see that? It says uh, in verse 18, all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Turn, if you can, to a little letter called Jude. Jude. See if you can find Jude. Jude, verse 20. If you are in Jude chapter 20, you are in the wrong letter. Jude, verse 20. Watch this. But you, beloved, did you, how'd you guys do? Did you find it? If you can find 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, boom, there's Jude. Jude, verse 20, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Turn back to Ephesians now, chapter 3, and we'll start in verse 16. This is probably one of the most powerful prayers that Paul has ever given to us in the sense of what we have in Scripture. This one is so amazing. It leaves you almost with a tingling going up your spine. Ephesians chapter 3, we'll start in verse 16. That he, this is Paul saying, verse 16, chapter 3, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. You are literally, he's asking that that would take place from within you. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, four-dimensional of his love, and to know that love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. That is my favorite prayer. That is the most powerful statement that I can literally find from one man uttering about the magnificence of God and his power. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Now, the things that we can pray for that have... Oh, I tell you, following along that line, let's go back to Romans for a moment. Romans chapter 8. Have you had those days when you don't even know what to pray for? God, I don't know what to do. I've had those moments. And you know what? If you're honest, you have too. It's so overwhelming. You are so in somewhere that you can't even function in the sense of thinking. Those days, what happens? What happens in those days when you can't even focus enough to say, God, I don't even know what to pray for. I remember about three years ago when Lisa's in the hospital. And there was, there was moments that I, I, God, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what to pray for. And this is cool. You have those moments? Romans chapter 8. Let's look at verses 26. Likewise, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, also helpeth our infirmities. Times like that. For we know not... What we should pray as we are. It's even right there. We don't even... He he says that. But the Spirit itself. Now, not not somebody filling in. You know, did you know that the the Spirit doesn't need anybody to come in and take place? The Spirit himself is going to do this. He maketh intercession for us 
with groanings which cannot be uttered. But he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When you don't even know what to pray, the Holy Spirit is literally praying for you. Some of those things that he is going to pray for you is that we would know God's will. He would be praying for our virtues, for our holiness in living, our strength, for spiritual maturity. He's praying for us on the inside. Let's go back and see what Paul would ask. Now, he set himself up nicely. We're going to start to wind down here. Ephesians chapter 6. So, what is it? Now, Paul has laid out this whole entire epistle. This letter is so, so magnificent. And he's got him on their knees. And he's got him on a perfect spot. What's he going to ask him to do? What would you have? Right now, what would you, if you were Paul, what would you ask this church, this group of believers, what would you want them to pray for you? Oh, man, let's see. It would sure be nice to get out of this prison. It would be nice to be free. It would be nice to maybe have, well, if you know, followed Paul's life, he wasn't exactly wealthy. It was a struggle. Tent makers aren't exactly at the top of the level of career fields to make buku dollars. And why did he do that? To support himself. So that he could get to the next meeting on a Saturday, because he taught in the synagogues first to talk about Jesus, which they worshipped on Sunday. That was pretty impressive. But you know what? He was not wealthy. What would he pray for? Now you're thinking in your life, wait a minute, what would I pray for? That's what I want you to do. What would I really, what would I really, and of all of this stuff, we have all of this and we've been taught to pray. Let's see what he asks. Let's just watch this. Uh, verse 19. Well, let's start in verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, <laughs> oh, by the way, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds. I'm in prison for this, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. What did he desire? That he could speak the truth of God boldly. When's the last time you prayed for that? <laughs> and I'm going I'm to go ahead and close it. Why not? See, that's what my mom would pray for. She was, she'd pray for stuff like that. I know in the last year, there were several times she would call me and she said, Larry, I know I just need to speak to this. And she would name the person. They need to know Jesus. Could you help me? Could you give me some verses? And I would say, well, of course not. <laughs> of course I did. It became a priority, wasn't it? Because I know that she was praying that I would do that. See, that's who mom was. And that's who you know her to be. That's what made her special, was the fact that she cared so much about other people. Because prayer warriors are like, let's talk about prayer warriors, because that's what Paul was. Paul was a prayer warrior. He's teaching the Ephesians how to be prayer warriors. You know what? You'll find them to be very, very humble. And humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's not thinking of yourself at all. Mom was good at that. She always wanted to pray for someone else. You'll find them full of love, too, won't you? In fact... The fruit of the Spirit, let's just talk about that for just a second. For the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, it says, is love. Gee, that's spot on. Joy. Peace. Long-suffering. Goodness. Meekness. Temperance. That's self-control. 
Against such there is no law. That kind of depicts prayer warriors, doesn't it? Because why? Because they're connected to the Savior. And the more you're connected to the Savior, the energy line is never broken. And it becomes so close. What are you putting on? What are you guys going to put on? Your God glasses. You see things from his perspective. I wish, I wish that our leaders in Congress, our leaders, wherever they're at, elected or unelected, would get saved. Many of them need to get saved and put on the glasses that see things from God's perspective. Our nation needs to have a revival. And I know who prayed for one of those. My mom. And my mom wants you (laughs) to take her place. Are you guys ready? Are you ready to get that game on? Are you ready to become a prayer warrior? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 is right where you need to be. It's right where we need to be. Get engaged. Get into God's energy line. Praying is just like breathing. That's where he wants you. That's where you'll be blessed. And you know what's really cool? You will affect more people from a prayer warrior standpoint than any other way imaginable. Because that's where God works. That's where he's active. That's where he's at. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for you. We thank you for Jesus. I thank you for my mom today. I thank you that she lived a life that was focused on you. She was connected in prayer, literally her lifeline, her energy line. Her power line was so clearly defined because you are God. Thank you, Father, for... The opportunity that you have given to us as well to be yours, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be engaged in doing your work your way, going about life's journey methodically, step by step, praying always, that is to live our lives continually in in a process, if you will, That's so connected that would be foreign not to be doing that. Father, we'll trust you with the future because we know that you've taken care of the past. We thank you for the fact that Jesus Christ assured us eternal life that have trusted him. I thank you that mom is in heaven with dad and literally has been able to see her savior. Father, you have secured that for each and every one of us. Our future is not in question. It is robust, full, because of Christ. Thank you for your word as well. Thank you that you've given us opportunity to pray, to be engaged at a level that is hard for us not to fully give you complete glory and honor. Father God, we trust you for all that you're doing for us all that you will do for us. We ask for you to be glorified and honored because you alone are worthy. 
In Christ's name we pray. Amen.